appreciate the prayer Brother Leonard led on my behalf and on the behalf of us as a congregation. My prayer this morning is, is that we can all study the Bible in a point that we can grow as Christians. You know, if we stay in the same spot, we're not growing. And if our children stay in the same spot as far as their weight, we take them to the doctor. And so we need to study all the time to grow in the Scripture. This morning, I want to discuss to a degree what God wants, what Satan wants, but more importantly, what do I want? What do you want? Have you ever been asked, what do you want? So that is kind of what we're here today to discuss about what's important to us. We want what's important to us. Let's start by what God wants. Let's open up with the positive. We're going to have some negative, but we're going to start with the positive and end with the negative. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew 11 and verse 28. We have this invitation, a universal invitation, to be obedient to God and Jesus. For He said, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So when you're tired, what do you want? You want to rest. When you're hungry, you want to eat. When you're troubled, you want peace. And all of these things God offers us through His family and through His Word. Luke 11 and verse 13, If, if ye then, being evil, know, to ha- know how to give good gifts unto, unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Christianity offers much, very much. Christianity is everything to you and I. And so let's pursue that. That's what we want. Galatians 5, verses 23, or 22 through 25. <clears throat> Godly fruit is important. You know, as farmers, we don't grow stalks just for the stalks. We need fruit. We need lint. We need ears of corn. So God needs fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, or forsaken the flesh, and with the affections and lust of the flesh, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so, let's produce godly fruit. John 10, verses 27 through 28. You know, we're not just once saved and always saved. We can fall from grace. Christians as a group will prevail because the words of Jesus says, My sheep, my flock, hear my voice. Do we want to hear His voice? He said, I know them, and they follow me. I know them because they're following. They're obedient to me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And so, man cannot take the gift of salvation from us 
as individuals. We do that on our own accord. But we can fall, and so once saved, once saved is a lie that Satan teaches, and we can be plucked out if we allow it, but not unless we allow it. Hebrews 4 and verse number 12. There's great consolation in the fact that we have a powerful offensive weapon. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. During the time of this writing, the two-edged sword was one of the most uh, beneficial weapons or offensive weapon that soldiers of that day had. Piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so we have great power within our grasp if we will just open it and use it. You know, without God, we're not going to win. Do we want to win? Do we want to be successful? We cannot fight Satan without God, and we need the Scriptures. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You know, when we're ignorant, we fail. If we're not prepared, we fail. We want to be successful, especially in the Christian realm. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and verse 17. As a young man, sin and Satan had really messed with my life. And so the suggestion was made that I memorize scriptures. This is one of them. Very valuable to have this in your head so you can use it all the time. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. Instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so the Scripture is to come alive for you and I. And so I had a point in a lesson that I gave some time back about leaving God in the vehicle. And I went to the doctor's office and they asked me to wear a mask and I wasn't interested. That was March. I hadn't learned. I hadn't listened. I didn't have God in my pocket like I should have. And so Brother Jay's lesson two Sundays ago really meant a lot to me in the fact that there are lessons in Daniel. And so Daniel wanted the will of God to be brought forth there in Daniel 1 and 8, but he made a request. My problem when I didn't want to wear that mask is I wasn't humble. I didn't want a request. Daniel used the request to get his will. Also, Brother Jay pointed out in Daniel 2, verses 49, Daniel again made a request. It was a godly thing that he was after on both instances, but he requested in a humble fashion. And so I'm still convicted in trying to learn to live like Daniel, to be requestful, not demanding and not bold, not fierce. 
we're going to study a little later about fierce. And sometimes we want to act a little fierce. So then let's move into more specifically the other side of the coin. We've talked about what God wants out of us. Let's go a little bit in general about what Satan wants. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Another one of my favorite scriptures. Be sober. Don't be drunk. Be vigilant, not distracted. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so I've talked before about how this lion is not the lion that we see in the zoo. This lion is king of the jungle. He's a roaring lion. And so David and Rhonda Latrice and I just got home from visiting Glacier National Park up on the Canadian border. And I never saw this grizzly bear. But this morning I want to substitute roaring lion with grizzly bear. Because in North America, we don't have jungle lions. We have grizzly bears. And so we never saw the bear. But all over that park, people are prepared for the bear, for the grizzly bear. My dear wife really respects grizzly bears. That's an understatement. And so people wear bear spray. They wear little tinkling bells. They do a lot to be prepared for the grizzly bear. So the grizzly bear and the roaring lion can be our adversary. And we need to be aware of that. We came this close to seeing a grizzly bear. There was a group on the trail. The game warden was talking and answers, giving answers to people asking about that grizzly. The most profound thing he said is it's popular today for us to socially distance six feet. But he says that doesn't work with the grizzly bear. It needs to be 100 yards. It needs to be the length of a football field. Stay away from the grizzly bear. And so we need to stay away from the roaring lion and that grizzly bear. <clears throat> In Daniel 6 verse 24, remember how Daniel was thrown into the lion's den? God stopped those mouths of the lion. The king comes early the next morning to check on Daniel and Daniel was fine. But then there was consequences for those that had put Daniel in that den or caused him to be put there. So Daniel 6 and verse 24 says, The king commanded and they brought those men which had accused him and they cast him into the den of lions. Not only them, but their children, their wives, and the lions had mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces when they came to the bottom of the den. And so let's give Satan due credit. He's vicious. He's fierce. And so let's treat him that way. Let's don't play with sin. Don't play with Satan. And so I'm going to talk about three things that Satan's really after. He wants to keep us out of God's family, out of the church. 
And number two, we're going to study about how if He can't keep us out, He'll try to drag us back out once we're in God's church. And number three, if He can't do that, He's totally happy making us ineffective. He's okay if we just kind of exist and don't really work. So let's look at some of that. And God does, thankfully, have a solution. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4. <clears throat> but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. There's some people that cannot see and understand God's Word. And whom the God of this world, which that is Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so if we don't have a desire to be unblinded and to be open to God's Word, then it's going to be hid to us. And Satan then will be our God and not the true God. Whoops. James 4 and verse number 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, so ye that are worldly, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity or is at war with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You know, Satan wants to tell you and I that we can do both. Through the week, we can kind of dabble with the world, but we need to be at church on Sundays maybe. But there is no middle ground. It's one or the other with God. If we don't give Satan up, get him out, get the worldliness out of our lives, then we are not going to be the friend of God. Luke 8 in verse number 12. This is the parable of the sower. And it is that Satan doesn't want us to believe the gospel. And so Jesus said, The seed that fell by the wayside and didn't grow very well, are they that hear, then cometh the devil and take away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And so just hearing is not effective. We have to progress. We have to grow. We have to believe what we hear because if we just hear it, the devil's going to come along, take it out, and then uh, we will not be saved. The devil wants to take the Word out of our heart. He wants to keep us out of the church. So what does God want? We find this in the Bible. Matthew 16 and verse 18. Again, the words of Jesus. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so he's not going to build the church on the physical Peter. He's going to build his church, Jesus says, on the confession that Peter had just made that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Acts 20 and verse 28. Now this is to the church leaders of the church elders. 
Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. Everybody's important in our congregation, from the youngest to the oldest to wherever, whatever you are. The flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. I thank God daily that we have leadership, we have elders in our congregation that pays attention to this scripture. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Our leadership, our elders are very interested in the fact that God has left them with the oversight of us being fed from the scriptures. Christ's church was brought with the most precious thing that there is. The blood of Jesus Christ. No higher price than the blood of Jesus Christ. And then to Ephesians 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. That blood is a great gift. We have that gift. We understand the process of how this gift works when we study and follow the New Testament. Ephesians 5 and verse 23. Familiar reading that husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. Let's give Jesus Christ credit for being Savior of the body. The body is His church. Acts 2 and verse 47. Prior to this, the church was always spoken of as being in the future. But in Acts 2... Notice that it's in the present. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know, we don't vote you in here. I don't have a thing to do with you being a part of this congregation, and neither does any of us, because that is God. God adds to the church daily such as should be saved. Now what Satan wants, he wants to drag us back into the world. You know how that grizzly bear drags its prey around and the, the lion drags? Well, that's what Satan's going to do to you and I. If we let him, if we let him, he'll take us out of God's flock, out of God's church, and he'll drag us back into the sin of the world. 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. Another very favorite scripture of mine. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We already mentioned you can't do both. It's one or the other. Make sure that we're in God's grace. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, this is not of the Father, but it is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You and I want to abide. We don't want Satan to destroy us. So there's three avenues of sin that have existed from the very beginning. The Bible calls them the lust of the eyes, 
lust of the fresh, and the pride of life. Remember with me just shortly about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Same three avenues of sin. Genesis 2 verse 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God says, Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, Satan comes along and he adds one word to God's statement. He said, you shall not surely die. And so what happened? So then, Eve and Adam partook of that. Why? Because of those three avenues of sin. Galatians 3 and verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, there's the lust of the flesh, pleasant to the eyes, there's the lust of the eyes, and that tree was to be desired to make one wise. Satan had told her, you'll be as a god. You'll know the difference between good and evil. She wanted that. There's the pride of life. And so because it was desired to make one wise, Eve took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So it benefits me to know sort of how Satan works. We're going to come across that we're not to be ignorant of his devices. And Satan has many devices and he wants to drag us back into the world. 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 and 4. And a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Do you and I want sound doctrine? Because there is an unsound doctrine. But after their own lusts, it's already turning south, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. What are fables? Those are falsehoods. So if we're not careful, Satan will influence us from a religious aspect to veer from the truth. We can have an appearance of being godly, but it's not the truth. You and I need to make sure that we follow the truth, not fables. Second Peter 2, verses 20 through 22. This was in last Sunday's lesson that Brother Hugh gave us about there is a possibility that we can fall away from the church. And so it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, knowledge, if they are again entangled in the world and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Do we believe this? For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Let's don't, turn, don't turn away from it. We have the gift of life. Let's embrace it. Let's abide by it. Let's obey it. But it has happened unto them, verse 22, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And so, I've been around dogs and pigs, and I know that this is a very 
sad, sad, ugly picture for that dog to return to the vomit and the sow to the filth that she was wallowing in. And that is the analogy that the writer there makes for us to be a part of the Lord's congregation and to let Satan drag us back into the world. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1, uh, verse 1 through 4. Satan roams freely. And so, in the last days, maybe we're in those days, these things are going to exist. Men are going to be lovers of their own self. Humanism and being selfish is very prevalent in our world today. In the last days, men are going to be covetous. That's to have desires that are to a sinful nature. Want something so bad that we'd give God up to attain it. Boasters, that is to exaggerate one's own, own worth. Proud is high self-opinion. Blasphemers is irreverent of God. Use filthy language. Curse God. Disobedient to parents. That's just bad children. Unthankful means to not have appreciation. Unholy is things that are not godly. Without natural affection. You know, to some, this is an alternate lifestyle. But in the Bible sense, to not have natural affection is to be homosexual or to not value children. You know, it's without a mother's natural affection if she don't love her children. And so that is an abomination to be without natural affection. Truce breakers means to break your word, break a, a covenant, break truces. False accusers would be to accuse falsely. I would say even if you slander others and gossip about others, that fits this category of false accusers. Incontinent means to be out of control. We have desires. If they're out of control, you're incontinent because they drive you. They replace God in your life because you don't have control over lust. Fierce. We talked about the roaring lion being fierce. That grizzly bear is fierce. Christians are not to be fierce. Fierce is to be of a violent nature, to be rebellious, do my own will, to be forceful. And we don't want to be fierce. We want to be like Daniel and be meek. We want to be humble. We want to be like Jesus Christ and show humility. And so then, from fierce, we go to despisers of those that are good. That's bad. To belittle, to make fun of, to trouble those that are doing good. And that exists. That exists in the world about us today. Traitors are those that are untrue and that you can't depend on. Heady 
means headstrong. You notice this is about the third word that come, comes forth out of this list that have to do with pride and what I want. And so, heady is to be headstrong, high-minded, same kind of word, that's not being humble, not, not using godliness. Last and not least, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And so entertainment drives our world this day, no matter what it is. And so entertainment replaces God if we're not careful. Entertainment's okay as long as we place it below God in Jesus Christ, but let's don't love entertainment to the point that it's very important on our list. Again, Satan roams freely and wants to drag us back into the world through these 18 areas of his devices that we've just looked at. Luke 14 and verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And so this is extreme, but it simply means that we need to put Jesus Christ first nothing else if anything else is before him there's a problem matthew 10 and verse 37 again jesus is to be first this sounds extreme he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me we're not to hate our family and we need to take care of our family and love our family but we need to put jesus christ First, now let's talk about what God wants. He wants us to stay in His flock. He wants to keep us in His church. He wants us to be successful. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 32, But when we are judged, we are chastened or corrected of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Very important. As we commune, we're to examine ourselves. We're to compare ourselves to God's holy word. Where do I need to fix my life is, should be my concern constantly and especially as we commune this morning and examine ourselves. We don't want to be condemned with the world. Hebrews 11 verses 24 and 25. This is the faith chapter. Talks about lots of those heroes of faith. Moses being one of them. Verse 24 by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He could have enjoyed all of those worldly things that came with being the Pharaoh's grandson. But he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And so sin and Satan's devices are short-lived. God's blessings are forever. And so Moses made the right choice. He followed God and he stayed with God's people. He wants to enter, uh, render us worthless in the church. He don't care how he gets us as long as he gets us. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. And so cursing 
is something that we should avoid. And I know as a young man, as a boy, that kind of goes on in a boy's world. It's talking uh, vile. I think I was about five or six years old. There was a <clears throat> man came from a neighboring congregation to do work for our dad. And I think he was an elder of this church, and so I held this man in high esteem. And things were good for a couple of days until he backed into his truck and bent the hood up, and I heard vile language. And so this man that I had put on a very high pedestal rocked my world because he used God's name in vain because he'd bent up his truck's hood. And so... I don't want to be that kind of Christian. I don't want to be the kind of person that uses good language at church, but then at work, I'm involved in evil communication. And so let's work on our communication, our talk, and let's not be involved in evil communication. Romans 10, verses 1 through 3. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They looked like they were of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So a zeal of God is the right appearance. But that doesn't really count. Knowledge, or according to knowledge, is following Scripture. Let's don't establish our own path, our own guidelines, because Satan is involved in that. Let's submit ourselves unto the righteousness of God. Matthew 25, verses 25 through 30. Remember the parable of the talents. Remember that one talent man? He made an excuse because he sat on that talent. He didn't do a thing with it. He told, or in the words of Jesus, he said, I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the earth. And here it is. It's just fine. Here's your one talent. That's what he told Jesus in this parable. But Jesus said, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let that be a lesson to you and I that Jesus tells us in Scripture that if we set on our abilities and we don't use them, it's not good. It's not good because Satan is influencing us to be worthless if we set on our abilities and we don't use them. So what does God want? He wants us to be useful in the Lord's chance of God. To mortify is to correct. It's to change. It's to change in a profitable sense. And you and I want to live. We want to be the sons and daughters of God. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 15, Jesus said, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, or lost its value, wherewith shall it be salted? 
It is thenceforward good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But they put it on a candlestick. And giveth light unto all that are in the house. Again, I hear it in our prayers that we go forth and be a light for Jesus Christ and be a shining example. If our light don't shine, then Satan's getting his way and making us worthless in God's church. John 15 and verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Again, if that cotton plant don't produce fruit, it's worthless. If we don't produce godly fruit, we're just as worthless as that cotton, as that cotton stalk. So good church members do God's work. Hebrews 10 verses 24 through 25. Our young people are very active in our church. They study together. They visit. They include others. I want to commend our young people. It's very possible that they've followed the example of the middle-aged folks and, and the older folks. But that ties me to Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Our young people are doing this. We do that as a congregation. Let's keep that up and let's do more of it. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. A congregation thrives when we fellowship with each other and we include everybody in what we're doing and visit with others, we study with others, and let's keep that up and do, do more of that. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse number 13. <clears throat> There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Again, as a young man, I was encouraged by one of our church elders to memorize this scripture. Quit let Satan uh, lie to you. Because all of the temptations that I had were common. They weren't just mine. They were, everybody has to deal with that. Jesus Christ overcame temptation. He was subject to those temptations just like you and I. That's number one. Number two, God's faithful. We have this great promise because God's not going to suffer us to be tempted above that we're able so then it's no excuse that we just couldn't resist because God's not going to allow that. And thirdly, to that great promise, there's a promise of an escape route. Look for that route. Study the Scripture. Pray about it. Look for the route to get away from that horrible beast of Satan to avoid the sin and temptation that he's presenting to you because we have this great formula to bear and to be successful in resisting Satan. If we do that, then we can be useful in God's church. 1 Peter 5 verses 5 through 9. 
This is just good admonition as we begin to conclude our lesson. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. It's good to listen to the church leadership or to the older folks because there is wisdom there. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. So it's an expanded. Don't just listen to the church elder. Listen to everybody. Let's, let's fellowship and let's be good and consider one to another. Be clothed with humility, not fierce. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. If pride overtakes us, then God's going to resist us. He'll put us in our place. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. There's nothing better than the thoughts that God and Jesus really do care for us. They're concerned about us. They're concerned about the little things. And so we need to be reminded that don't listen to Satan, but listen to God and Jesus because they care for us. Let's continue in verse number 8. We've already mentioned, don't be drunk, don't be sleeping, but be uh, sober and vigilant because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion or a grizzly bear walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. As brothers and sisters, we're all affected by the same afflictions. Let's work together to be successful in our Christian walk. So, as we close, what do you want? What do I want? Do we want what God has to offer, or are we going to take what Satan has to offer? We offer the gospel invitation this morning. The Bible, the Word of Jesus says to hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. If you're subject to that call, we want to encourage you to come forward and make that known. If you have a need for the prayers of the church, we would also ask you to come forward as we stand and sing.